So I think, yes, there's sound now. We should be live from HQ Barcelona. This is Ben Around the World, episode 10. 10 with Ben Bowler and myself, Dan Formless, powered by Hoxton FM, <laughs> which means that it's all my kit. Yes. Yeah? And it's the first time we're together in the same place for this podcast. Yeah, we really are. Look, we can crazy. do the high five. <laughs> Both the shuffle later on. Um, so we've, we've moved up onto the mezzanine level at HQ, which is a really cool, big open space. Um, it seemed like a good idea when we set up, but basically everyone here is smoking cannabis. It's a cannabis yeah. club for people who like a nice environment and they're, they're chilling out. But we're basically where all the, the air is collecting, <laughs> where all the smoke yeah, is yeah. collecting. There are extractor fans, there are skylights. But there's slight haze up here, so. Yeah, and later on tonight I'll be doing um, a Hoxton FM live stream with myself and uh, Moria and Boffa, uh, who are my guests. They're both based here in Barcelona, they're making amazing music out on their own label. I'm really excited to have them, and I'm even more excited to have Ben controlling my live stream when I play <laughs> at 1900 to 2100. Um, we've just had some nice food over the road. We're not having any uh, food comas because we didn't eat any heavy carbs or meats. Yeah, it's uh, something that's pretty incredible coming from Southeast Asia to, to Europe, the amount of just rich like food you can get. So wait a minute, are, are you vegetarian? Are you vegan? What's veg- going on vegetarian, right now? Veggie right now, yeah. I can't avoid cheese, unfortunately, in the place I've been. But, uh, I'll give, did I give you the vegan buck? No. Uh... Knowing that you did it made it easier to get into, <laughs> but, but I've, I've flexed quite a bit. I'm flexing on the terrian. Um, six days a week I won't eat dairy or meat, and then the seventh day sometimes some fish, sometimes a pizza, but it really hits me. Yeah. It takes a bit, bit out of you, but um, yeah. Yeah. You've got, to, you've got to enjoy your life, right? You can't yeah, just... Yeah. Well, that's pretty good, more than most, I'd say. So speaking of enjoying your life, uh, Ben, you're cycling around the world. Yeah. And um, you're currently taking a holiday, which most people who think that cycling around the world is a holiday in itself would not quite understand. But basically, you made it to where? Where did you go? Made it to Laos, to the capital of Laos, Vientiane, Vientiane, however you pronounce it. And you've come back here to Barcelona, basically, to be able to catch up with family. Yeah. do a bit more uh, paragliding. Some paragliding, yeah. Although I've done very little of that because I've been very busy with work, and that's the other thing I've been doing a lot of work, uh, preparing for various different projects. It's quite a busy time work-wise. Okay, so you're still studying for the degree. Yeah, very slowly. Still cycling around the world. Yeah. Still running how many businesses? So I give myself a challenge. I don't know if I said about this, but I decided that. Uh, I'm giving myself a challenge over the next however many years it takes me to cycle around the world to launch seven startups along the way for each of the seven continents around the world. The seven wonders of the world? Seven wonders of the world, yeah, exactly. Wow. And because uh, I've got, as I imagine you do in different contexts maybe, I've got a big list of stuff that I want to work on. And uh, one thing that I learnt by cycling huge distances every day is just how long a day actually is, how many hours there are in the day. So... Um, I've got no excuse now to kind of work on some of those projects, I think. So, giving myself a little structure to fit it in. And I've already got Send Music, which has been live for a long time now, and that's growing massively. I launched Stream On while I was in Nepal, live stream forwarding service, which we might play with later on. 
and uh, yeah, the future ones are to be decided. Uh, well, there's audio as well, but that's also to be decided. Um, so you're launching things that are better than, than stuff that exists. So, for instance, yeah. I would use another popular file transfer service yes. to, to download something I got sent earlier. Mm. What is better about your thing? Well, so music maybe a slight difference to that. I, I'd say in terms of the products that are solely me launching them so far, like the idea about StreamOn and um, the idea behind audio is actually to to find kind of small holes that won't don't that a bigger company couldn't fill. Yeah. Like I don't need enough I don't need enough revenue from the businesses to support a team of 20 people necessarily at the beginning. Um, so things like audio and stream on can fit in those spaces where a big company would never build a product like that necessarily. And they're probably appealing to a niche audience. Yeah, as they're well. appealing to a niche audience. Some, they're in my wheelhouse. Obviously, live streaming is something that yeah. I've been doing that we've been doing for a long time. Um, music management, professional audio products are something that are very relevant to us as well. So things that I have a lot of knowledge about are, can be programmed by one person or a small team. I've got a few other people that work with me, but mainly me and uh, can be run without a lot of input, that kind of stuff. Those businesses fit in that category. Some music's a bit different because I've got, uh, we're a team of three for that one. Um, and those Kamara guys are involved in like Radio One? Yeah, they're, they work for a variety of different companies, but yeah, primarily Radio One and BBC and uh, First Access and the Bunch of Other Music. You've already got companies. like big people using the yeah, yeah. service. If you look at the directory on there, there's a nice little range of people using it already, uh, which has actually led to a quite an interesting growth snowball. vector for it snowball, yeah snowball yeah. for it because the whole idea I was explaining to one of the guys here why why you do send music and the, the, the overarching kind of reason is that it's a specifically designed for music but but that's a hard thing to kind of what does that actually mean well in terms of the directory it's amazing because you can go in there and you can click on like Mr. Jam's face <laughs> or Benji B's face and you can send music directly to his Inbox, oh, so which is not something that you can do. Network right now. Yeah, yeah, that's something that's built up almost as a accidentally, organically as part of it. Because I was going to say, like, let's just let's just establish what the killer application or the unique selling selling point of each of these oh, yeah, yeah. projects you're on. So, yeah. what is the killer application of Send Music? <laughs> well, it's an interesting one. There's a, there's a couple of different angles you can come at it from. I mean, I, but looking at the best, the best use case that there is now, it's the kind of, it's the most common use case right now is if you're a DJ or a, in that, if you're in a place, I imagine that you must have got to with your position running Hoxton is that you, you, you are just being bombarded with audio coming to you, right? People are sending yeah. you music actively because you're in your position that you're Promos. in. Promos. Yeah, Promos are exactly. coming via email going into the spam box yeah. they're going into like five six different promo services yeah. that you have to log into each of them if you don't get it on time sometimes it expires you don't yeah, get it yeah, yeah. then you've got people sending you private emails yeah. then you've got people sending you messages on facebook chat or like you might get uh, whatsapp messages sometimes exactly like all these yeah. different ways that music's being thrown and soundcloud yeah. it's getting thrown directly through soundcloud and stuff yeah yeah yeah, so that's a perfect example of, of you're a perfect example of the user, the use case for set music, putting that into one centralized inbox. It's definitely 
we've got bigger plans for the future for next year I think we're going to do some we've got some interesting stuff that I'm working on now and in the coming weeks to uh, yeah to really launch next year to make it a bit more than that because I think we can see it really fitting into how the music industry and the music landscape or the recorded music landscape is growing at the moment and like if you look at what Spotify is doing in terms of the companies they're buying and that kind of stuff what they're trying to but like they've built a music player now, and it's on phones and TVs and cars and everything. So that's done. So how are they actually? They're actually now expanding into the business, right down to you know having people distribute directly into Spotify and things like that. It'd be amazing um, if they started expanding into paying artists. Um, <laughs> so moving on to the streaming. Stream on. Stream on. Yeah. Um, what's the killer application of that, or what? Yeah, that's like um, that came out of what we were doing for Chew, basically. Um, streaming as a DJ well you must hit that again like club inevitably has like 2 megabit per second connection and you're trying to stream to YouTube to Facebook now to Chew and, so uh, send it to one place and then let that place in the cloud yeah exactly to all the other yeah. destinations and because I've spent 5 years building Chew I know how to actually put that together so it was a nice little project putting it together and then the one I'm probably most interested in <laughs> this is most relevant to you uh, audio for Mac. Yes. So, Apple are killing iTunes. Yeah. In uh, the next update in Catalina, it's being split into mu- Apple Music, the streaming service, with some legacy little bits of iTunes attached onto that. Um, podcasts and what's the third one? Apple TV for the right. movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So, finally, the iTunes brand has disappeared. I just wondered why our camera is bouncing up and down, and even though that's a concrete staircase. <laughs> Still got enough flex in walks it. Up, it it's, we've fixed our camera to something that looks really solid, but I apologise, there is no earthquake in Barcelona right now. <laughs> um, so, with, with me, um, I actually like iTunes because I can organise all my playlists in there, I can organise all my music, um, I can make it sync with my iPhone. Um, I can make that sync with Tractor if I want to, um, so that I could play with final timepieces or anything else. I can also make it sync with Rekordbox, which is what I use mostly for my digital music. Um, we recorded how I do all of this. Yes. Should we go into that now, or should we talk a bit more around it? Uh, yeah, we can go, so go this your is, setup. This is me going through my setup. Um, I hope it makes sense giving away a lot of gems here. <laughs> Lots of people have asked me how they sync with Rekordbox. This is how I do it. I think it's the best way because that's how I do it. And I spent a long time developing this system. It might seem a little bit long-winded, but it works. It works every time. So uh, I'm gonna cut out our audio and go to this video. We're gonna go through how I organize my music as a DJ and uh, so we're starting off on this wonderful send music screen. Um, so I assume I've just downloaded my music from send music and I'm gonna go to my finder. Here is my new track uh, that's been sent to me by Yammer Music and I can just quickly check with this freeware, the frequency range, how good quality it is. So I can see it's at 20 kilohertz. So it's a good quality WAV that I've got there that so it doesn't clash with anything. So now I will drag that to my music master folder which is situated on an SD drive 
sitting flush inside the uh, computer. So I have one folder in that drive, all my music gets dropped in it. The reason being, if this computer crashes or it's damaged or something, I can pull all my music out and go and use it in another computer. Um, I would probably need the files for iTunes as well. I have those backups on my ass. Um, so I've got this new track. I'm firstly gonna run it in Mixing Key. It's a piece of software I've been using for a long time. This is gonna analyze the key. And you have the Camelot wheel that simplifies minor, major, and everything else into a number and a letter. So this has now come up as an 11A and it's renamed the file with 11A in front of it. So I'm happy with that. I'm gonna double click. That's gonna open in iTunes and start playing. So my iTunes, if I just show you in the preferences, in the advanced preferences, I've chosen for it to look in my music master. Um, I don't let it organize my media folder. I don't want lots of subfolders and I don't want it to copy stuff in. I want to manually put it there. So that's um, pretty important to, to make the most. So just quick organization. So I want the artist name. called Low Balance and it's on Yammer Music. Uh, so I tend to put the label as the album and then okay. So that's all labeled nicely. I'm gonna drag that into my all fresh folder. So the last time I updated my record box playlist was 2016 which is uh, <laughs> nice. I have a, a lot of playlists just quickly to show you. When I played on Domune the second time I made a separate playlist. Um, I have Acid, I have certain labels like Apollonia, I have like times like playing in a bar early, um, real impact songs, classics, um, I have an exclusives folder where I put stuff that I know only I have, I have um, yeah just certain artists, certain labels or certain vibes. Like the uh, Romanian sound I put in IO, I have a lot of intros. So just, just different ways of finding my music. Um, so that's all in iTunes. And now what I want to do is I want to transfer that onto this USB stick so that I can use this USB stick and play the music on record box in my DJ set here later. So I put the in. And I will load up record box. It wants me to download the new version, I'm not going to do that. So see it's analysing two tracks. Um, so there's my new track, it's already been loaded in. But to be certain I can go to iTunes here, I can reload the iTunes playlist to make sure that it's updated that. I can go to my sync manager 
So it's synchronizing iTunes playlists. I've already chosen which ones I want. My record box 2016 is the important one. I have to check here. So I don't want it to sync with that drive. I want it to sync with the X drive I've just put in. So these are selected already. The playlists are already selected, but I just want to make sure that Recordbox 2016 is selected. I make sure it synchronizes playlists with the device. I click OK. And it will begin to sync. And you see here, it starts to transfer the, the two, should be just two tracks. So it's in currently importing the histories. One of the best things about Recordbox is it remembers what you played and saves it as a history. I think a lot of people don't realize that. So if you played an amazing set last night and you go and you sync your, your stick, it would have created a histories playlist that every track you played in order, assuming you didn't play any um, records, which I will be playing today as well. And that's that's pretty much it. That's how I sync. Um, and how could you improve the process? It's a multi-step process. How could you streamline it? I would like to. Okay, so you asked me the question how I'd improve the process. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're keeping that. We're keeping that for yeah. your your records. I'm gonna put this video up, edit it, and put it up. Um, on the Kickstarter and on YouTube for the last week. Kickstarter for audio, the app that I'm building to uh, totally make sit nicely in that process and uh, make the management aspect of music files super clean and simple and yeah. easy to find and uh, yeah. yeah. But hopefully everyone who watched who's a DJ understands what I was doing, how I was organising my music. Mm -hmm. Basically taking it from receiving it from multiple sources, um, making sure it's a good frequency uh, quality, um, getting it scanned so I know the key, having it relabeled in that way, getting it into the folder I want to keep it, which is one master folder on an SD card, um, opening that in iTunes, but iTunes is not set to import and copy or anything like that, um, putting that in a playlist then going to Recordbox, making Recordbox scan an update of that iTunes set of playlist and then do a sync. Um, we could have left the video to run for another six minutes if Recordbox did a sync of two tracks. Yes. Uh, we won't talk too much about so. Pioneer's proprietary software. Yeah. Uh, when you're making something that's significantly better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so can you tell us what you're kind of most excited about with doing this software? Like yeah, what, yeah. what do you think is going to be the, the killer well, application of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first thing actually is just like is just having a a, a nice, clean, beautiful, if I say so myself, app to manage that music in the first place, manage the playlists, manage music files, because iTunes has become so god awful over the years. That it's I think almost PC-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's well, it's probably why it's designed to be designed to be for the PC more than the Mac. But um, are, you, are we talking dark mode here? What are well, we dark mode. Not necessarily even dark mode. I mean, to personally, I don't necessarily use dark mode, but you have to have it. That's kind of the big thing these days. It's more just. I mean, the analogy I like to use when people kind of 
question the, the place that audio sits in the ecosystem of other apps is in terms of writing apps and I, I don't do a great deal of writing but um, there's an amazing independent app called Ulysses which is for writing on the Mac and obviously you can write in Word or you can write on Google Docs or whatever like that but just having something that's beautifully designed just for that one use case is so satisfying I don't know about you but I find that so satisfying but beyond that what that gives us the ability to do starting just by purely being about managing music files is then add really interesting stuff like I'd love to get mixed in key it just integrated into that system so that you didn't have to run it through several apps and what was, a, uh, what was the uh, way there's, a, there's a really great little bit of freeware software called Spec Spec yeah S-P-E-K I think and it's a little pig face as in like how they ham. say ham in Italian um, and it's just great because it just does the analysis of the because someone can say, oh, this is a really high quality file, but they've ripped it from YouTube and then yeah, saved yeah. it as a big file. Yeah, yeah. So you can just analyze it and see, or a recording of a record can seem really good, but you can kind of see that mm. it's recorded a lot of crackle and pop and, and hiss, but not the actual, you know, the body yeah, of the yeah. music. Yeah. You can see that in, in there. Yeah. It's absolutely great bit of software. Yeah. Yeah, so just by starting with the file of folders that you already have I think is key um, not having to obviously in iTunes now you can go in and check all those boxes but that's because it's they really want to bring you into their iTunes ecosystem right so by default it just respects your file structure uh, you, you know what we have actually just stumbled on something that I always always wanted on iTunes that Recordbox does have to be fair mm. it is that visual representation yeah yeah the waveform view the waveform it's just so nice yeah, yeah. for a DJ or any music person to see what the, the actual structure like. of the track. So it is one of the things I think that made SoundCloud very appealing to mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. even though how accurate their depiction <laughs> is yeah. is another thing. But, um, please put I like that the in. idea of waveform, yeah. Please put that yeah. in. Well, it's been a really interesting process because I launched a Kickstarter campaign two weeks ago and uh, I had it. I was in two minds about which who would be who it would be more appropriate for and I feel like there's a big audience of people that aren't necessarily DJs or producers but they have a big collection of probably CD, CD rips or or however they found the music on the back of the truck. But the most interest I've got, probably because of the most friends I have, is actually from the DJ side and the producer side or people that work in the industry and just have a lot of audio files and to I work with day to day. It's, it's going to be about um, making it appeal to those people but not ostracise the enthusiasts who have yeah, the truckloads yeah. of CDs that they've ripped. Yeah, they yeah. just make them feel like there's something in there for them. And in actual fact, if you just showed them the, the visual waveform, Maybe even the spec analysis as yeah, well. Yeah. Like it's just and it's colourful and mm. it looks nice. Hey, I think this podcast has just hit on your your maybe not your USP but one of your killer applications. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. that really catches the imagination. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we've, we've done that. That's on Kickstarter, so yes. people can support that. I've supported that. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to my T-shirt. Oh yes, yeah. I should say I'm rocking the the Grow T-shirt that mm. I, I got after my party on Sunday. Please come to the next one. It's 11th of August, and I think we've got one of the guys from the smoking room who's going to come and play as well. He's just checked his flights, and they're super cheap. So Sweet. He, and his, he and his girlfriend are on the air mattress in my place, I think. Um, so should we retract the last time we spoke? Oh. You have done another podcast with someone else. Oh, I know. Like Sorry that. about that. Uh, more like an the interview, interview, interview series, yeah. Last time we spoke, was it, when was it, March? 
Yeah. And I was in Tokyo yeah. on about the 30th, so 20th or 30th floor. Oh, yeah, the yeah. And, um, and I had Bjork, Big Bjork poster yes, behind Big me. Yes, Big Bjork. And you were in which city in India? You must been, have been Delhi, I think. You were, and you've been ripped off. Oh. Well, you know, not really ripped off, but like you've gone to try and see, is it the Taj Mahal or you've gone to... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a classic, I got, I'd had the full Indian experience with the uh, rickshaw taking you around the houses for 10 times the fare, yeah. And in actual fact, everyone I've spoken to since has told me way worse stories. Yeah, yeah. So you, you definitely got away with it. <laughs> um, but what, what has happened to you since? Oh, how oh many, my God, it's been many, unbelievable. So how many punches have you had? Oh, well, this is a new update, actually. I've reached the point where my tyres, after 17,000 kilometres, it's wearing right through to the inner inner Kevlar or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the little bits of wire from the trucks are being pushed slowly further in, 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 in. So I've had a lot more punctures. After you the first, tires, mate. yeah, and uh, that's why I've got in my bag here in Barcelona. So you bought fly new back tires in Barcelona. I've got new tires, new rim tape, and a new rack off the back uh, to just help distribute the weight a bit better. Um, yeah, because I managed to actually break one of the bits of the rack off. The frame of the bike actually snapped off while I was going down some little muddy road in uh, in eastern India. In the, but in the, the frame is is part of this really beautiful. Um, Concept of why you're cycling around the world because your dad gave yeah. you this bicycle. Exactly, yeah. Um, and it was called a Grand Tour. Or it's called the World Tour, the Doors World, World Tour. It's in the name. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'll be very sad if, I, if that becomes unusable. The, the most worrying thing I have at the moment, I'm just starting to hit the point now where everything's wearing out. The saddle is starting to wear out. The gear cables are really sticking. The, yeah, like I say, the rack, the frame actually broke with the rack. Yeah. And the most worried, um, um, the most worried, worrying thing is that where the pedals go in at the bottom, the bottom bracket, it's, uh, it's. I, I got it changed in India, and I got them to put an extra spacer in because I had a gap. Because I just done it all, done it all myself. So I'd left a gap, and I, it was fine. I had no issues, but I thought, you know, I wanted it to be neat, so I put the spacer in. And in the process of putting that spacer in, they threaded oh. the thread at the bottom bracket. I didn't notice it at the time, but so now it's where it moves. The whole bottom bracket moves as I pedal. But I looked inside and there is thread in there. So I'm, now I'm in two months in Laos once I get back from, from Europe for my holiday. Uh, I'm spending two months there, so I'm gonna get proper, you know, um, moisture removal oil, like the WD-40 style, w, whatever the WD is, to, to dry it for two months, like in the back, in the basement of the apartment, you know, leave it there. And then I've got a different bottom bracket with a bigger cup, and I hope I can thread it deeper into the frame and it'll be all right, leave my gap. Otherwise, well, I'll be a bit if, stuck. Even if you have to give up the frame, I think it's it's not. You know, it's almost a beautiful thing in itself. Is the equipment slowly wears out, yeah. lets you down, but you're still. I'm going. still there. <laughs> you're, you're the energizer bunny. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's a really beautiful concept, and I'm kind of relieved you're starting to get punctures because it seemed like you weren't getting. I was many. having too much of a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah statistically, broken, yeah. Broke my first spoke as well, you know. Oh, really? It's all starting to happen, yeah. And how many yeah. chains? Oh, well, not enough. I've learned, I learned the hard way that I, um, I, I thought that the train would break when it was done, right? But that's it not right. Stretches, right. But it just stretches and then it damages the sprockets, damages the cogs. So but I got to, this is why I took it into the bike shop in Delhi. I was on the main gear that I use on the front, the central, the central gear. Every time I stood up or put any proper weight on the gear, it just slipped through, slipped through. Which is, I got all these, these scars on my knee because I just kept kneeing the handlebars. So and you thought uh, you needed a new chain? 
I thought I needed a new chain, but they were like, no, you've completely worn out. And you could see from the shape of the teeth, it was like a really wide gap between the teeth. And uh, so I had to get my sister to post something out. And I had, I was the first time I cycled into the Himalayas, uh, I only had like half the gears that I had beforehand because this entire cog just was completely worn out. Well, you did tell me that on the last episode, and I did listen to you, and I have completely repeated the same mistake yes. by buying a mountain bike in <laughs> Berlin, where I'm, I'm based half the time now. Yeah. And I knew I needed something to run around in. 75 euro secondhand bike looked like the chain just needed replacing. Gave me 10 euros off. Yeah. And uh, put a new chain on and slipping like a. Mofo. No idea. And I've been told be new, new front, new back cogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how much did they do you think it's going to cost? They quoted know? me 150 euros. I'm not paying 150 euros. That was 60 euros labour. Um, I'm going to use, there's a really interesting, I should know the name of it, but I don't. It's a really great project in Berlin where they train refugees in how to service bicycles. Amazing. And the workshop is open to the public on Friday. So you can go in and a refugee will teach you how to maintain your own bike. And if they have the parts from cannibalized uh, bikes, they will sell you at like a nominal cost uh, the parts that you need. So I'm hoping they've got some uh, gear sets. I'm sure they will, yeah. Uh, Mountain bike's the most common thing. Yeah, and like it had 24 gears and I knew I didn't need 24 gears. <laughs> I was actually going on to people about it has 24 gears. <laughs> It doesn't really. Spoke too soon. Probably has like one, and, then, um, and, and don't, I don't have it too much. Yeah. But, yeah. So. So replace your chain, I, and I've done it again as well. So in my bag here, I've got another cog. So literally every thousand kilometers now, three times a month, I'm going to have to replace the chain. It's really interesting. Which is crazy. It's really interesting. I mean, there's nothing. It's so nice having a new chain. It is. You know when yeah. you look at it. And the sound as and well. And how much does a chain cost? Well. Eight to ten euros, something like that. Around yeah. the world, right? It's about yeah. the same everywhere. Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, it's so cheap. You just got it's to so do worth it. it. Yeah. You've got to keep the tyres pumped up, chain oiled, yeah. fresh. Yes. They're just doing so many more miles than anyone yeah. else. And I think what does it as well is just the weight, because I'm pushing... I, I think on a normal bike, that ch- a chain shouldn't wire out every thousand kilometres. It's much too short. But it's just because I'm pulling 50 kilos up, 60 kilos uphill. When you left the UK, how heavy was your... Package. Well, you cut it down. I measured, yeah, yeah. I cut it down, but now I've got uh, some new stuff, a new weight I'm adding to it. But I've cut it. I cut it to maybe 55 kilos, and then I don't know. I haven't even weighed it recently. I would dread to weigh it to say. So you you cut it down, but you bought some new kit. So you bought the Sony A7 camera, yes, which yeah. we were going to use for this, but then we realised the GoPro's got a nice, got a wide angle, a nice wide angle. On yeah. it. So uh, we're doing that, but we we might try and include shots from your camera yeah tonight from seven o'clock um have you got any other geeky things to talk about um i was i was going to briefly say that that is cool this on an iphone 6 this big size beastie lens which i've already dropped (laughs) so that's what it's got cover um and then the guys at mixbox sent me this which is a great little sound card that will connect via lightning cable to your phone and you can do your Instagram videos with a feed directly from the DJ mixer. You can do a live stream with this. I'm tempted to start doing live streaming with just this. Yeah, that is an on awesome a stand setup. Yeah. And then you can just move the move the camera rather than all the setup that we've had to go through today. Yeah. Um, so get rid of the laptop. I will I will start using this soon. Yeah. 
Um, but check out Evermix and their mix box. They just brought out one that works with Android as well. Um, I don't think I've got any other geeky stuff to talk to you about. Like, yeah. Not really, yeah. I've started just using this Zoom to do all the live streams from. You've got the new stuff. one, the new 360 camera, right? The new Insta360. Oh, yeah, I've got it, yeah. yeah, I was flinging that around now. Because uh, I've been using the old one, and I've got one of my upcoming videos which I'm super excited about is uh, I climb in Nepal. I climbed to the highest lake in the world on the on a bike, and I stuck my version of that on the on my helmet. But yours looks a lot slicker, I have to say. But you thought it was going to be thinner. It's, it's still a I bit chunky. I did think it would be thinner, yeah. The um, the the 360X is the one you've got, and this is the 360X one. Yes. Um, and it's lower megapixel, but it's higher quality sensors from what I've heard. I think the software does some work. Yeah. Um, my one's a bit, bit uh, soft, is how I describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be wonderful if you could attach this and use it as a webcam, but that's not a possibility at the moment. Um, there is a, an element of uh, you can do some quirky stuff with it. Yeah. It can get a little bit too quirky, I think sometimes. Um, I did attach a piece of string to it and swing it around my head in there and, and record in bullet time. We'll, we'll put that up on the Hoxton FM um, social media or on Instagram, Hoxton underscore FM and Hoxton Forward Movement on Facebook. Um, yeah, it's fun, it's fun. The, the tiny planet stuff is, is yeah, yeah, good. And, yeah. and obviously if you're jumping off the top of the hills with a paraglider, yeah, yeah. Um, it's good on your helmet. When people say to me paraglider, I think of a fixed uh, wing you think of hand glider. Yeah, yeah. But his paragliding is basically what looks like a parachute to you and me. But if he jumped out of the plane with that and pulled it, you would become a ribbon. Yeah, that's what yeah. I understand. Yes, that's the that's a good description of paragliding. Yeah. But you you basically sail through the air. You jump off hills and sail through yeah. the air. Yes, yeah. And catch them. And it's efficient enough that you can fly. I've now hit a really nice point where <laughs> this is actually some new tech that I've got. Very low tech stuff, but. I've reached the point now where I'm good enough at flying that I can I can fly for hours and hours. Basically, I can stay up all day, but my only limit is my bladder. So uh, what the competition pilots have is basically this catheter, which is uh, like a rubber condom with a plastic tube attached to it. Wow. So uh, my sister was very pleased when I ordered that to her work. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've got a little supply of those now because I was in Pokhara, which is now one of my favourite places in the world. Absolutely, it's awesome. It's like hippie community by a lake. You can see the Himalayan, the full-on Nepalese Himalayas in the range. You can't quite see Everest, but it's like foothills wow. to the Everest. Snow-capped, 7,000 meter high range. And uh, then you can walk half an hour up from the cafe, the riverside, the lakeside, up to the launch. Fly, like I, like I said, I was up for three or four hours flying around the lake. Land down at the bottom, sit in the cafe, have lunch. Wow. Go back up, I had this apartment that looked over the whole lake. So that's the video apartment. you're going to upload? So I've got a video from there, I've got a couple of paragliding videos from Pokhara and then I've got, I did a, because I was there for two months, well, just shy of two months working on uh, StreamOn, that's when I launched StreamOn. Um, I really was wanted to do some trips out into the Himalayas properly, so I cycled to Tilicho Lake, which is this unbelievable lake that's in, that's five, uh, five and a half thousand metres above sea level. Uh, so I left, normally you hike up from the uh, base camp, well not the base camp, but the, the where the road ends basically, the normal road ends, and it's maybe a seven or eight day hike up there, and then you can go <laughs> around the back. Um, MC's going to start now. But then, but then you, 
on the bike I did it in three days I got up to the top and it's the first time I've ever experienced altitude like uh, the oh, effects of altitude it was mad, incredible right? and the fact that the light was just so so strong uh, like I had to wear I had to have my cap when I, by the time I reached my lake the lake at the top it was all snow covered completely uh, covered over with ice the whole lake was completely capped with ice uh, I just had to have my peak down a cap on sunglasses on because it was so unbelievably bright wow. it was burning the retinas some of you were yeah, like um, for anyone who hasn't been at altitude, just everything feels really tiring. You realise what it must be like to be old. <laughs> yeah. You're just walking around and it's just like, oh, I feel really heavy and tired. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I managed to push, ride, and mostly push and carry my bike wow. all the way up. What did it feel like when you got back to normal levels? If, did you suddenly feel kind of superhuman or, or, I, I, or everything felt right? Yeah. Was it like you were like... I would say so, but the the thing was that I, because I gave myself quite a short window to do it, I then had to ride like 200 kilometers in one day, and so I was just exhausted. So I, I, I could definitely feel more, I, it's interesting because a lot of uh, like military pilots, they have to do a session in, in a tank where they take you up to altitude, so you can, because everyone reacts to the altitude differently, and one thing I noticed when I look back at the videos that I took while I was up there is that I got quite silly when I like started saying silly things. And yeah, and I think that's one of the effects of altitude sickness is like, is you sort of, you become like a kid basically. Yeah. So luckily I didn't get altitude sickness while I was up there and I managed to make it up to the, to the lake and down again and all the way back without having any issues. It was a real struggle. But, uh, Sounds amazing. But it's amazing. So I'm going to put together a little film. I'm going to try and do that. Actually spend some real time on that one. Not that I don't spend time on my normal videos. But, but you're going to go going to, to make town that. because it's yeah. so special visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so the total amount of miles that you've accumulated on your journey so far? I'm up just shy of 18,000 kilometers now. Kilometers. Kilometers. And yeah. what is the total circumference of the Earth? I keep having this conversation, I should know off the top of my head. I think the Guinness, the, the Guinness uh, World Record is based on the, the length of the equator, right. which is maybe maybe 60,000 miles, but I'm not sure. Right. Um, but for me it's very different because I'm going where I want to go, you know, so. Yeah, um, zigging and zagging. I, when I looked at my original where I would love to go, it's like 100, 120,000 kilometers, but at my current pace that means I'd be riding for 10 years or something like that. So, uh, yeah, could there's no rush, right? Yeah. There's nothing as long as I can come back here for holidays in the, in the yeah. summer. Oh, it's great, it's really, really cool. And I feel like 11 episodes in is finally getting across yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Um, one of the funny things was to come to HQ, you have to be a member. It's super cool place, but it's not really for like we tourists or anything like that. If you want to know more about it, uh, just DM me and I'll, I'll uh, tell you what you need to know. But the thing that um, I thought was really funny earlier was you could get a membership card or a key ring. Oh, yeah. And I said, get the key ring, it's way easier. And you looked at me and you went, I don't really need keys anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, he hasn't got a place, he hasn't got a car. He hasn't got to get into the office, he hasn't got that yeah. need key. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, cycling around the world. Or at least I get, I get given, you know, the keys to my, my home, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah. But I don't have a consistent set of my own keys. Yeah. It's a different lifestyle, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah but really it's cool. a very sustainable lifestyle, I have to say. I think after a, it's amazing, it would be amazing to compare this to some of the early podcasts where we chatted, because I, I, the things I was most nervous about when I first left the UK and was second for Europe was just whether it would be a sustainable thing because I left with you know less than a grand in my bank in like my personal bank account like I didn't 
and it, for most people leave for a year and they've got 10 grand to yeah. pay for v, just visas alone and, tra and the travel in between but it really is a nice sustainable lifestyle and I can work digital nomad style from the office I can and those people cycle. with the 10 grand they're the, they're the ones that are like trying to haggle on like buying dinner in the Philippines when I'm oh yeah um, yeah with my dad and stuff and they're haggling over like paying £1.50 or £1.75 <laughs> yeah. for their dinner which is amazing yeah. freshly produced like food and you're thinking you've saved to come travelling you're doing this yeah and I will tell everyone at home Ben bought me lunch <laughs> so I'm obviously doing alright. So he's doing, he's doing great. He's doing great. Couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's wicked. It's a wicked lifestyle. It's really like a good lifestyle. Yeah, and I get to enjoy the places so much. Like last same Pukara, I was just didn't want to leave, man. It was perfect because I, for the for the price of a of a room, a shared house in Zone Four in London, I had a penthouse on the top overlooking the lake. It was jungle behind, and uh, had a balcony the length of the building. I had like a two-bedroom place overlooking the thing. Wow. You can see the whole lake out in front of you. It's just, oh, it's awesome. Wow. I can't wait for that video. Yeah, yeah. So that will be on the Ben Around the World uh, YouTube channel. Yes, growing nicely, growing, yeah. growing, yeah. Well, growing I think for what's, beautiful, what's beautiful about it is you're just cataloging it all. Yeah. And then people can come back and look at it. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll end up doing like condensed kind of highlights. Yeah, yeah. That people can then kind of go, oh, I want to know more about that. And yeah. Go back to yeah. the installments. Yeah, for now it's more like a diary-based thing, but I'm I'm trying to pull out interesting things that took me a while to figure out. Like, it the, one thing that I found really helpful is having other people that are cycling around the world ahead of me. These people that are doing it quickly, they're doing it in... Giving, uh, you, giving you tips. Yeah, exactly. So I've kind of condensed that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I had no clue about. Like, I didn't realise that there's a lot of people that just live in Asia, and maybe you know more about this, but you know, and they, they know how to work with visas to stay in Asia for a long period of time. I had no, no clue that you can basically... I thought that a three-month visa in Laos, for example, that's three months, and then you're out for for a year or whatever because that's what would apply you in the can, UK you can dip your toe out to another country exactly, yeah. and then come back yeah. and it's kind of yeah there's all that was stuff. news for me I didn't even realise that before when I left you know yeah. it's all valuable stuff to know which v which border to go where what you can eat as a yeah. vegetarian or not yeah. in different countries what it's like cycling there yeah. I can definitely I could spend in a whole podcast talking about my my favourite and my least favourite regions of different parts of uh, India and Nepal and Southeast Asia so far. Yeah. Well, yeah. we could do that. We could. Is there anything else you want to mention in this podcast? Well, I suppose the the most interesting country that I've been through in the last leg was uh, was Myanmar. Right. Because that's really not somewhere that people choose to go on holiday necessarily, or uh, or go to as a destination. Uh, well, funnily enough, shout out to Ruby who helped me get the place that I'm staying in here after Triumph here in Barcelona. Yeah. She was living here for, I think, six or seven years. Really amazing DJ, part of the Communa Collective. Um, and she moved out to Myanmar. Yeah, really? So, yeah. Well, she's living there now. Uh, she's back at the moment in Europe, but she's yeah. going back out there again. Wow. So I'll try and get her in touch. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They have just blew me away, really, compared to India. Like, it's so, so untouched in a way that India is just such an incredibly um, advanced country now in terms of, like, middle class and everything. And there's just so many people there, but how sick for the world's population or something. Um, across the border in Myanmar, just literally crossing that line, invisible line, made all the difference. I was just suddenly in these untouched rainforests, you know, it's just unbelievable. Wow. Uh, 
houses on stilts, golds, Buddhist pagodas, and yeah, incredible. That's great. Yeah. Are we about to be? Uh, I think. I think. Out I can, it's going to be some sort of like cannabis bingo happening here. Nice. It might be at four. It might be at four thirty, but. I think it gives us an opportunity to step away yes. seamlessly. Yeah. 44 minutes into a broadcast. This is a record podcast for us, I think. Possibly we need one to do it in person. More interesting more. Ones, yeah. uh, so, Ben Bowler, been around the world, uh, still travelling, might never come back to the UK, but it's been great catching him in Europe. It's been great being in the same room as yeah. him, probably for the first time in, I don't know, last time. 18 months. 18 months. years, yeah. So, uh, we will continue to do these podcasts through the um, Google Hangouts. The powers of Hangout. Yeah. Not powered by Upson FM technology. Um, and then we'll continue to catch up with other guys racing around the yeah. world who are giving him amazing tips. Yes, we've uh, got a couple more coming up. People that I've met on the road. and Actually, I met a guy called Steve on, in Myanmar. Caught, caught me up because he's going so fast. It's the first time that's happened. You just don't want to get lapped. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we managed to not mention USB-C. Yes. This is great. I'm very happy with my normal boring USB, <laughs> but it would be nice one day for us to have no cables at all Yeah, everything wireless. That'll be a topic for the next episode. That will be a topic for the next episode. <laughs> Catch you later. Tune in tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, Hobson FM live from HQ Barcelona. And thank you to all the staff here. Amazing awesome place. place. Awesome and, uh, place. Love coming here every year. Thanks, Dan.